teams sit right on the baseline. The big fella from New Zealand. When we cut him off baseline, he started walking in there. Welcome on in to the Baseline Podcast. Uh, hope everyone is going well per usual. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks for everyone for tuning in so far. Um, it's We can't keep going without your guys' support, so very much appreciated. Uh, we do have some cool content that's coming up, so make sure you guys keep your eyes out for that, um, especially in the next couple of weeks because yeah, I can't say much, too much about it yet, but it's going to be it's gonna be cool. Um, I know Stevie and Josh have been working really hard to get some – uh, really insightful and you know nice guests coming on so um and i look forward to i think this transitions us later in, uh, to today's podcast um lucky enough to have Jelena vucinic um she is someone who i think i mean she just had such a she had such a great career um in new zealand and abroad and um all hailing, hailing from nelson uh which i feel it like doesn't get a ton of love so we're gonna be touching on a little bit of everything but Jelena, welcome to the show Thanks. Um, just quickly, it's Yelena. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I get it all the time. So it's definitely, <laughs> definitely not um, uncommon, especially with that stuff. But, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we're just going to rip right in. Um, so would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself um, and how you got into basketball? Okay, so um, a little bit about myself. I'm born and raised in Nelson, so nice little town in the top of the South Island. Um, both my parents uh, were heavily involved in basketball, so that's how, kind of how I got into basketball in the first place. Um, played from a young age, was around it a lot um, with both of them playing and then um, ultimately coaching too. So, yeah, just um, being around it a lot is pretty much how I got into it. Yeah, so because your family too, eh? Um, it's also been, heavily, like you said, heavily involved. But I feel like Nelson too, they just, there's so many basketball legends and legendary families that come from there. Um, yeah, so yeah. The, Lures, uh, the books the Jones, you know, all those people and kind of coming through the same system. Um, so there's definitely heaps of talent down there. Um, and that's how it helped the game become what it is today. Yeah, yeah, I really think um, Nelson's kind of a place where if you don't know about, or if you don't play basketball, you definitely know that it's quite popular there. Um, the Giants games, I mean, it's kind of like, Growing up, that was kind of the place to go down to the Trafalgar Centre to watch the Giants and um, all the summer camps that would go on and all the leagues that they have running. For being such a small town, it's really um, helped, you know, get some good quality players out of there. So, yeah, it's very yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely, and that's awesome. And uh, so you went to Waimea College, uh, mm-hmm. and so your mum was heavily involved and obviously your dad being down there too um and you guys had some pretty good runs um especially with you on that team uh, yeah so high school experience it was it was pretty awesome um so I went to Waimea College Waimea Intermediate was where I kind of like first started getting serious with basketball and um that kind of just it was literally stone's throw away from Waimea College so it kind of flowed into there um my first coach was actually 
a man called Walter Humphreys, um, not that well known, but he coached the Wyoming College team back when I was year nine, um, when I joined the team, and he was awesome. Uh, we went to nationals. I don't think we did very well in year nine, when I was year nine, but um, playing with at that level from such a young age was pretty cool. Our team was very, very young, I think. We were year 11 down, so um, no one was kind of that senior level on the team. But from there, um, my mum picked up the team when I was year 10. Um, year 10, we we did pretty good. I think we didn't qualify for or get into the quarterfinals, but we kind of got ninth, so the top of that second round where you don't really make the quarterfinals. So that was awesome. And then um, moving on from there, we just... We kind of surprised everyone in that next year, um, my year 11, I think it was, we came third, which was quite a big jump. Um, I think that was in North Harbour, from what I can remember. And then uh, and then the next year after that, we came fourth, which was quite annoying, because then the next year after that, where we wanted to, you know, at least be in the finals or something, we crossed over with Church College, which I think it might have been their last year that year, um, and then, yeah, ended up third again, so, but it was pretty awesome, um, the whole experience, especially coming from, you know, little old Wymere on the big stage like that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. because you're going to be competing with you know, like the lights of a church college and some of these other, I think, well-known ones too, eh? Um, mm, so they mm-hmm. have that exposure too. Um, that small little Nelson town. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So then having your mum, you said your mum picked up the team uh, and coaching. What, you know, obviously you guys must have been a lot of basketball at home, uh, just kind of given everybody's involvement. But then, you know, having her come over um, and, I guess, trying to coach you. What did you learn from her? Well, I think um, a lot of people say, like, they could never have their parents coach them. Um, (laughs) We did have times, I guess, where I'd talk back or something like that, um, just because, you know, trying to separate the the, you're my coach and you're my mum kind of thing. But I think what I really learned from her was to kind of push through and – keep going no matter what she was no I wouldn't say hard on me but you know she did push me a lot um to be good but I was never forced into it so it was never that kind of pressure of having to play I always played because I wanted to play and um so yeah I never had that kind of pressure from both my parents which I think helped me to enjoy it and want to do it for myself um but yeah she was very um influential obviously in my game and we did play a lot together so um she did coach me but at the same time we were playing I mean she played up until she could probably still play now but she she, she did tear ACL when she was 45 at Masters so (laughs) I think she was around in her 40s but um yeah she's definitely a competitor and I think she really instilled that you know competitive nature and will to you know, succeed. Yeah. How would you describe your game? Um, I would just, well, it's kind of changed throughout the years. Um, I would say when I was younger in school and everything, it was very 
offensively focused, if you would call it, that's, that's the right terminology. Um, a lot of scoring. I, I, I guess I'm just was quite competitive. I still am, but, you know, really wanting to um, win and doing what I could to help um, the team win. Um, defensively, I would, I would play defense, but I mean, my mum would say it all the time. I was quite lazy on defense. I'd be like, saving myself for offense. But if I had to, then I'd do it. You know, like if there was something that needed to be stopped, or you know, I would step up and do that. But I wasn't quite known as being defensively um, focused. But then that obviously changed when I went to the States. Um, When you get there, everyone scores. Everyone's, you know, so you've kind of got to do a bit more to try and get that time on the court, you know, get a little, um, yeah, stand out a bit more to get that game time. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I heard I saw one of your stats or something from uh, the Nationals when you were in high school, and it's like, you know, some insane 20-plus point games. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, though, I think it was um, when I was younger, we had a point guard. Her name's Connie Dick. She's probably – she. I think she's still playing maybe in Christchurch. She was two years older than me. And when you have a good point guard, if you're a scorer, you know, you're going to get those points because they're going to set you up and get you in those positions. So I think – um, some of those crazy scoring games are probably, you know, at that time. And then my mum would get a bit frustrated too because a lot of the other girls on the team, like, they could score, but they just wouldn't. And then they just passed to me. And, I mean, you've got to get the ball in the hoop somehow. So, you know. But I think as as the years went on, I did, it did even out a bit in, um, in scoring-wise. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were some crazy stats probably. So that's – Something too I want to say, you know, when you mentioned coming over to the states, uh, you were at Louisiana Tech, uh, so you had an experience there. How was that recruiting process, and you know, what was a lot going over there? And you know, like you said, like people are scoring, and just the game is so different. Um, how did you find that, and how did you adjust? So, um, starting from the recruiting process, there wasn't really. And, I mean, it makes me feel quite old. But <laughs> back in, I think it was 2009 was when I um, finished high school, what we call it. Um, there wasn't really much recruiting going on. Like, there were a few coaches here and there that would come over. Um, but the way I kind of got to go over was I had some game film from Nationals, so Secondary School Nationals, and then that was pretty much the only film I had um, sent it over to, like, a whole bunch of colleges, just sending to emails. They probably get them all the time. But um, I can't remember who I was talking to, but they pretty much said that was, you know, the best way to at least someone might click on it and, you know, see um, yeah. how you're doing. There's not – I know nowadays there's a lot more um, different ways to get over there. Um, I didn't realise there were the recruiting periods – so I think the dead, there's like dead periods and, you know, periods where you won't hear anything. And so it wasn't till I think May, April, May, that I actually got contacted by um, Louisiana Tech. And it was the assistant coach, the associate head coach at the time, Darren Park. He had coached at an AAU tournament that I went over to with the um, junior tour fans. Yeah. So we like, yeah, it was before we went, before we played Australia, um, 
he was there with Marilyn, I think, at the time. But when the email came through, I guess, his inbox, he just kind of recognised. He was like, oh, I recognise that name from, you know, from something, New Zealand. Oh, there was a New Zealand team. So it kind of made him click onto it. And then um, they kind of talked to me, him and um, Coach Weatherspoon, who was coach there. And they had one scholarship available. They knew I wanted to come over. So they were kind of like, you know, do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, sure. Sight unseen. Um, so there was no no visit, nothing like that. It was literally they sent the papers over, I signed them, and then I think it was September because they started a bit later than other um, colleges. I was on over on a plane over there. My mum actually came originally, but, yeah, over there. Um, playing over there was a lot different. Um, we had, I was the only freshman, I think my first year, two other sophomores and then the rest were juniors and seniors. They were very, well, we were very strong. Um, didn't really play much in that first year. We won conference. We were conference champs, went to the NCAA tournament and it was like, not that I was a deer in headlights, but it was like, this is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I was really just soaking in all the experience that first year. Um, all the trainings, all the, um, yeah, just the different style of play. Um, I feel like that's when I really realised, shoot, i got to play defence or otherwise I'll never get on the court. Um, and then moving on, my sophomore year, I had a... Didn't really play a lot up until, I think it was around Christmas time, I had a little breakout game, you call it, um, yeah. where I got, I think I got the start for some reason, I think it was quite random, but then I managed to, you know, play quite good, so then I got to play the rest of the game, and then, um, yeah, I had a few more games, here and there, it was kind of up and down, but I think, um, yeah, and then junior year, I played a bit more, um, was starting by the end of it. Senior year comes along, kind of almost the same as freshman year, a few coaching changes. Um, and then by then it's kind of, I mean, you can't really, it's a bit too late to transfer out or anything like that. And I love the school and everything like that. So I just um, stayed on. And, yeah, that was pretty much my time. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. It's feel like that and everyone's experiences are different um, yeah we say kind of now that I think we're seeing we're we can definitely say we're seeing more uh girls get recruited and you know that does for the boys too just because you know you have a lead scholarships you know it's based on yeah yeah it's where you're able to you know you can get your film out even with social media you're able to get your film out a little bit more easily mm-hmm. as opposed to you know so I mean like what you were describing is you know you have this one highlight tape and you know you have the, yeah that exposure you know and someone flips on it yeah it was very um chance you know that he happened to know who I was otherwise he might have never clicked on it you know yeah and, and this you know again I think it ties back to having that exposure mm-hmm. um like you had with going over with the junior tall firms um and even too like so when you I know too, I've spoken to a couple of uh girls from New Zealand who have committed and they don't haven't necessarily taken those visits uh kind of a little bit of a similar situation that you were in um what were your impressions of louisiana um uh, and what did yeah just how like <laughs> culture wise break that down yeah so um i was very 
I'm a very open person. You know, I've um, yeah. my family's from overseas, based in Europe. You know, so I've been to a lot of different places. Um, you always see in the movies what the states is like, and um, but you never really see Louisiana. Um, and in particular, I was in North Louisiana, so it's quite different to the South. Um, I didn't know that, in, you know, to the South Louisiana. I didn't know that before I went. Um, I didn't really research that much. I was kind of just like, okay, let's just see. You know, I was a bit excited, like, oh, I'm going to play basketball. I don't really care what else is going on. Um, I remember flying in, and I thought Nelson Airport was small, and flying into Monroe Regional Airport, <laughs> and it was tiny. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's similar to Nelson Airport, but just, like, looking over and, like, how I've got I-20, so that's kind of like the big highway um, going from Dallas all the way through to Atlanta. I don't know if that's how it all goes, but Ruston's just a little town, a little blip on that um, highway. Um, so, yeah, flew into Monroe. The coach who recruited me picked me up. He was just kind of like, yeah, um, <laughs> I know you've never been, but... <laughs> I think the first question he asked me was if I was religious or not because <laughs> because Ruston is kind of like, you know, the Bible Belt area. And I'm like, well, I didn't really grow up religious, but, you know, I can, <laughs> I can see how it is. But, yeah, it's very, um, very culturally different. Um, the town itself was quite small. It was a college town, so there wasn't a lot going on. Everything revolved around the university, um, but such lovely people. Everyone's super friendly. Um, the program that I was a part of has a lot of history. So there was a lot, you know, banners with, like, national championships, everything like that. They've got a lot of traditions that are held. Um, so, yeah, it was very – you didn't really well, – when you're in it, you don't really see how big of a deal it is. But, like, you know, looking back, I'm like, wow, like that, you know, it was quite a big deal being there. So, yeah. And I feel like College Town, too, because I went to college that was in a, you know, a college town, too. It's just the culture is very different. And sometimes that family, that a family that revolves around whatever team mm-hmm. or whatever school that you're in. Yeah. Um, so, were you able to go to other sporting events and kind of get to take that in? Or were you uh, prim- primarily based in basketball? No, we it, it was weird because it was so small. I think about 11,000 was the university. So it wasn't like one of those big, um, you know, the big power five schools. Um, we were very close, like all the athletes, you'd kind of, you know, all be in the same place. So we'd go to the football games. I remember going to my first football game and it was like, whoa, like I don't even really know how it was played, but it was more the atmosphere that was quite cool, the band, cheerleaders, everything like that. Um, basketball, we had, I mean, the men's basketball, we had made friends with some of the men's basketball players too. Um, there was a guy from Macedonia, so my my family's from Serbia, so that was quite cool, having that connection. He was um, yeah. the same year as me. And um, volleyball too, so two of my really good friends that I'm still friends with now are from the volleyball team. Um, okay. So, yeah, we had those um, connections between sports. And I think that's kind of what helped me survive having a life outside of basketball because, obviously, it does turn into, like, a full-time job when you're there. So having, like, um, the university and, you know, friends outside of my sport was very um, helpful in, you know, 
keeping on going there and not coming back home. <laughs> yeah, because it comes on more to time management than time management than I. Um, yeah, full time job is your training, and mm-hmm. then you got classes and stuff on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to balance everything. Yeah, so that's just a complete elite level of time management. But uh, I feel like it's unique to that experience. Um, so, what did you study? So I studied, I did um, kinesiology and health promotion. So when I first went over there, I didn't really know what to study. So I was kind of in general um, general education courses. Um, my GPA, I don't know if it's because, I'm not saying anything about the US, but I don't know if it's because school here was harder. But when my GPA transferred to there, I think it was like a 2.8. And so they didn't think I was going to be very bright. Um, and, then, and then I kept getting A's and A's and all these subjects that I was in. And they're like, wait, this doesn't make sense. But I don't know. I think maybe because it was like I wasn't getting excellences here in, um, in CEA. Like I'd get like in some classes I would get like merits or excellences, but a lot were like achieves and like the maths and, you know, stuff that I'm not that strong at. But when I went over there – um, it was a lot easier, I don't know, until you got to those higher level ones, but they have those general education courses that you take. And um, it was kind of like repeat of high school. But once I got into the higher level ones, I picked um, kinesiology and um, health promotion. I'm not saying it was because I played sport, but I really didn't know what to do. So, And then you get to the point there where you have to pick something like, because you need it to, you know, keep playing and be eligible. So I kind of just fell into that. Um, I do love, like, exercise and stuff, but I wouldn't say it's, like, my passion um, to, you know, be a fitness trainer or anything like that. But um, that's what I finished in, and then I actually got my master's and worked as a graduate assistant um, in the Athletic Academic Centre at Louisiana Tech. So um, I got my master's in sports administration, but... It was purely working towards um, the experience I was gaining in that kind of career. Yeah. 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 So I think a lot of people, you know, athletes too, eh? like, you know, you can see they will go toward, you know, maybe or they can major with mm-hmm. kinesiology or sports science. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a fun tool too, though, because like you guys are able to, you know, learn how a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on, I'm trying to know what you guys are doing in your training. Um, yeah, and the nutrition, sports psychology, yeah, everything. All those subjects were, like, so helpful learning that as I was playing because um, you can kind of, you know, take bits and pieces from what you're studying and it can translate over to the core. Yeah, 100%. Uh, talking about the NCAA tournament, uh, say that was, you know, having now Kiwis – more and more going, uh, so, you know, Jack Salt won for, on the men's side, the first Kiwi win Division One national title, which is awesome. Mm. And I think the common experience that you see, or at least that I've heard, that is, um, you know, it's just so much better and there's all this stuff that, you know, it's kind of going on. And, you know, it's, in New Zealand, it's just at, a, you know, the scale. And I think it's just not, not there yet, even though it's maybe something to work towards. Um Talk about that moment for you and what that meant. You know, it was even said, you know, going back in high school, you know, even your teams then were surprising people. Um, and then now yeah. you know, from that, then you're going all the way, you know, to the big stage and some of the most respected college basketball in the United States. Yeah, um, NCAA tournament. 
that was it, it's funny because we made the first round and we're I, it was my freshman year so it was quite a while ago but I remember sitting there and we were seeing you know where we were going to be placed and we ended up um, in Shreveport, which is an hour down I-20 close to us. <laughs> so it's funny because it was the NCAA tournament, but we're actually only going an hour down the road. But um, just the spectacle of it all. I mean, it was like that with everything over there, how much money there is in the sports. Like, it's crazy all the stuff you get. And I'm sure now it's even more, like, you know, because it was like yeah. – 10 years ago now um, when I was there. But I still just remember, you know, all the people at the games, all the gear would get, interviews, things like that. Um, we played Rutgers in the first round. Um, I feel like their coach was someone. I don't know. But anyway, it was it was unreal. We didn't get past the first round, but we put up a good fight, but by the end of it, we were just like, wow, we did it. You know, like, I mean, obviously we would have loved to go a bit further, but, yeah, it was really an amazing experience. Is that feeling, do you guys have, like, the watch party uh, for the selection? Yeah, I think we were at, like, the president of the university's house, <laughs> like, because he had a little house on campus, and we yeah. were sitting there um, watching, yeah. I've got a really bad memory, but I do kind of vaguely remember just sitting there, um, you know, watching it all. On the TV, or a little. I think we were tipsy, maybe. Yeah. Do you remember the vibe, or kind of just what the atmosphere was like? You know, in that in the president's house with your team. I mean, our coach, Coach Spoon, was very motivational and very like, you know, so everyone was just like, yeah, and then we're all yeah. <laughs> I was just this little freshman from New Zealand. Woo! <laughs> I think yeah, they. I don't think they realized how little you know in New Zealand like we didn't even have we only had point you only I mean now we've got live stats for everything but you know back in those days it was just um the score sheet with the points of you know who scored the most and yeah it was um and then all the uniforms and stuff I've got quite a funny story of um my freshman year we got all these shoes you know the Under Armour was sponsoring us at the time and they were quite new so they kept sending us shoes to like try out and they'd fall apart, and then they'd send better ones, and they're all right. But um, I had the wrong size. But because you know, I was I was like just so grateful to have the shoes, and I didn't really say anything. And then the coaches found out, and they're just like, "Why didn't you say anything?" And I was like, "Oh, but I was just so happy to have them." And then because you know, some of the other girls would be like, "Oh, I need you this, I need you," you know, like. They, you yeah. know, they would go straight away and I'm just sitting there with my one size two big shoes just like happy to be there so yeah I always remember that like speaking of I feel like too you know part of you know it's part of it saying you know like you said how you were you know you're just you're happy to be there and you yeah and, and just really enjoying the experience and more grateful to be there yeah yeah grateful to be there and especially coming from a place like New Zealand where just it's so entirely different but I think mm-hmm. champions in such a way um and for mm-hmm. you to experience that that was a really yeah. funny story <laughs> yeah. what, what ended up happening did you guys were you guys able to swap it out or did you just oh yeah no they gave me new shoes on the right size <laughs> they had enough shoes <laughs> 
Yeah. See, I, I think I just had in my mind, you know, these were the one shoes we got. But no, they had a whole, you know, <laughs> stock room full of shoes. They can just go in and find another one. I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe possibly going back a little bit, and we talk about international exposure. Um, and you had mentioned the junior tall firms. You've had twice some success in the national program. Um, and you've, and through that, you've gone to play with Lisa Walbutton, Michaela Cox, and Jillian Harmon, and just some of these, you know, these names that I think, some of them we certainly know, some of them maybe not as much, but uh, have been stalwarts on Telephones for a while. Um, yeah, can you just go in a little bit deeper about that? Um, and yeah, just kind of what you learned from them and learning from that time and just what it meant for you to bring, the, to put on the black jersey. Yeah, I think um, my time with the Tall Ferns wasn't long, but it was definitely, I got so much out of it. Um, I think, I'm trying to remember, that first year I was in, it was the year before I went to um, the States. So uh, we had a selection camp, made the team, we went to Japan, um, and I was very, very green. Um, not not obviously 16 or anything like that, but, you know, still very young with all these, you know, like big names. Um, I really feel like having that exposure to that kind of level of play, even not playing that much, but being in that kind of um, group of girls was very, very beneficial. Um, just being tough and just watching them, even if I wasn't playing, just watching them and how tough they can be. And then all the trainings we had, um, obviously with the tall ferns, you're only together for a small amount of time and then you're straight onto the plane. Um, but even the off-court stuff, um, I remember, I vividly remember in Japan, um, we did karaoke. So I think it was at the end, end of our trip to Japan, we had a karaoke night. And even Ake, who coaches Auckland Dream, he kind of brings it up every now and then. And it was just, you know, it's just those memories, even if you're not playing, like they always kind of stick with you how much fun we had, like the little Japanese karaoke rooms and we're just singing and having a good time after, you know, going through all this intense um, basketball. And then um, the next year, the next year was with, um, we went to China Um same thing again, obviously, on the court. You know, you're going to battle and really high level of play. But off the court there, um, I look back on them recently. Me, Erin Rooney and Jordan Hunter, we were like kind of like the three little young'uns on the team. <laughs> China, there's not much to do. Like, we couldn't really go outside of our rooms that much because, you know, we were kind of in this industrial town and there wasn't much to see or do. We made videos in our rooms that were hilarious. I think they're still, they sometimes pop up on my Facebook memories. I'm just like, wow. It looks like we didn't play basketball. We did play basketball, but we also had a lot of fun. So, yeah, just things like that. Um, the off-the-court stuff with those girls. It kind of, you know, it brings you together, and then you'll always kind of um, remember. And then the next year I did, I was in the Tall Fins camp, um, just missing out on, you know, the final playing squad. But, um, yeah, just any opportunity that I had um, to, you know, join up with those girls and really bring all our experiences that we've been, you know, doing throughout the years. 
and just um yeah really really going going to war (laughs) and that's awesome and I was uh listening to another player somewhere and he was it was a tall black and he was talking about um because he played at Washington Mm -hmm. um and he said you know when the vibe because that you know at the NCAA side you know when you're playing there it's you know you're playing for a shot in the pros or in Europe or somewhere else and the vibe I think is just very different and he said you know on the bus everybody had their headphones in um even if it was just like a very it could be a d2 team that you know an exhibition game but you know the intensity mm-hmm. is just still there um but then when he got to play with the tall blacks it's he goes you know it's just so different because it's the playing the level playing field you know and they all want they're playing for the pride and it's just the mood was so completely different so I'm wondering if you had a similar experience or what did what did you notice kind of you know playing in the vibe you know I guess in that atmosphere yeah I think um what I found was when I was in the states it was you're on a scholarship all the coaches that you've got, that's their job, is coaching you, you know? So it is like this job and everyone's serious. Like, I mean, you do have some fun times, but it's not so, um, it's not so much, you know, it's kind of this rigid program where, you know, not that there's no fun, but, you know, this is our job. We have to get results. We, You know, if you don't get results, then, you know, you don't get, you might not have your job like some of the coaches, you know, so it was quite high pressure whereas I feel like in New Zealand from a young age all our coaches have always been volunteer everything's kind of a lot of times you're paying to go on the trips so you know you're doing it for the love of it it's not like this pressure of you know oh I've got a scholarship so you know I don't want to lose my scholarship so I have to you know it's kind of like I think the pressure's different so you're more playing for the joy the pride um, even at that high level of tall ferns everyone's still got that kind of background to where, you know, like, you know, you guys have all come through coaches. I mean, that's not their only job. You know, they're coaching in other places. Like, it's kind of like that escape from all the crazy seriousness to go out and you're just purely playing for your country. And, you know, that kind of, yeah, it's, it's a lot different, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. So when you or over, you know, when you were in the States and you had some of those, everybody has those really good days and then maybe some where it's not as, um, you know, you're not feeling, you're living up to it. I guess, how mm-hmm. did you go about it? Uh, just kind of go about making yourself feel, you know, like you were doing the right stuff. I feel like um, what really helped was having a life outside of basketball. Um, because there were times, you know, like you can't control, you can only control what you can control. You can work as hard as you can, but at the end of the day, like you might not play, you might not, you know, it might not be up, living up to what you think it's going to be. But if you just find the, you know, other things in your life that are going well or that you can focus on um, to kind of not take away from that, but, you know, kind of make you not as, in your head about all that stuff. I think that's the most important thing. And I have had a chance to share my experience. Um, I think recently it was with Taylor Dalton and Emma. Yeah, from the North Shore. 
um, and Hannah Wentworth, we sat down. I think Sunny had asked me to come over and just give them a bit of my experience before they went to the States. And because it was a different one, you know, it's not that I wasn't successful because I feel like, you know, everyone has success in different ways, but it was more like, you know, showing that, you know, not everyone's journey is the same, but you can still get a lot out of it and just to, you know, really go there with an open mind. Yeah, no, and that's awesome. And it's really nice too that, you know, see people like yourself in, I think you're a really good example too. Like, you know, you went over and you had this experience, but it's not going to be the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Taylor's going to have a different experience than, you know, some of the Juco girls or, you know, Hannah or just everybody's, I think, and you kind of, to some extent, I think you can make it what you want it, but, you yeah, know, there's so many factors that are out of your control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, so now jumping back over to, uh, some time in New Zealand, uh, the Nelson Sparks. Um, shout out Nelson. So there's been some pretty uh, story teams down there um, in, in the WBC. Um, and then you guys, I think, came back, I believe, in 2018. And then recently, uh, you guys were also coming back again for the three-on-three. Three. Um, and there's been some, again, really good involvement down there in Francis Tilly and some other big names. So yeah, just talk a little bit about your experience there and, um, yeah, just how, how you found it and what was going on there. Yeah, Nelson, um, obviously it's my heart. My heart and soul is in Nelson. Um, no offence to the Auckland dream, but <laughs> sparks for life. No, I still love the dream. But, you know, it's just it's just something about, you know, where you're born and raised and where your home is um, that kind of sticks. Um, with the sparks, I've been involved since I was young, I mean, obviously with the women's game, um, going through school, there wasn't a lot. Like, it was kind of, you know, there were tournaments here and there, but um, there was a women's league when I was young, when my mum was playing. But um, kind of in that early school years, there wasn't a lot in the women's space. Um, then the WBC started. So we did have our Nelson team in there. We were doing pretty well. And then I think it was 2012, it was the year I missed out on the Tall Ferns, but I was back in New Zealand. Um, We actually won the WBC, which was awesome. Sparks for life. Um, (laughs) And that was with, like, Lisa Book was playing at the time, Kat Jones, Jodie Hikaroa, um, and then we had Jess Bygate, Shannon Perrett, a lot of others. Um, It was just this cool squad where it was, like, quite a few young and then the older ladies. Like, we didn't have a lot in the middle um, of that, you know, mid-20s, mid to late-20s, um, just because Nelson's kind of a place you settle down or you grow up. Um, there are obviously people who stay throughout, but, yeah, it's usually what's seen. Um, and then, obviously, when, when everything happened in the States, I didn't end up getting a visa because I was actually working over there, but I didn't end up getting a visa. So I came back to Nelson and... I wanted to travel, but I needed money to travel. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just stay in Nelson, you know, work for a few years. And then, um, and then yeah, jumped on with the Sparks. Tilly, obviously, met Tilly, and um, we hit it off. Um, did a lot of coaching too. So I coached um, the Waimea Junior Girls, the Tasman Under-17 team while I was there. I think when you're there, because it is so small, you kind of just get pulled into everything to help out. But it is that thing where because you grow up, grew up and there were people helping you, you know, you're going to do the same and um, help grow the game. 
Um, Nelson, something about Nelson too is it's always been quite inclusive. So we obviously had the Giants and they've always been big. But growing up, they'd have these beach trainings, like fitness sessions, and there were always the girls were always allowed to go and join in. Um, summer scrimmages, I'd have a lot of scrimmages in the summer. And, um, you know, girls were always welcome to come because there's not a lot that, you know, do play at that high level down there. So I know Maya, I think I've seen that, you know, she's been scrimmaging with the guys too. So, yeah, it's just something that you do to help you get better. Um Phil Jones, he was our coach for the WBC, so we had we had our trials. Yeah, go <laughs> Phil Jones, Reef Dinker. Um, had our trials, and then we we went off to I think it was Dunedin was the WBC tournament. We ended up third um, in the Division Two, but yeah, it was it was just good to get back out there with the Sparks. I mean, we've got our own little hashtag too, Sparks for Life. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I and then we're out three X3. Got to put the jersey back on again. <laughs> so what it just seems so great about Nelson too is I think I mean obviously Auckland has a lot of pride, but that's a you know another story and just how big it is. And there's just so mm. many different teams and so many different areas that you can go into. And uh, but then you, like you said, you know Nelson is just so much smaller and it's just so local. It was even you know you say with Palmingham and. The, you know, and then on the Giants, just you know, they they breed local players, and they yeah. take pride in giving them opportunities. Um, yeah. And so to see, you know, having seen you, and then also Cat and Maya Jones, obviously drafted with the three at story. Yeah. Um, forward to seeing that, and then I was having Amanda Wayman in there. Um, yeah, yeah, Amanda's Nelson. That. Amanda's Nelson at heart. So she's never been there, but <laughs> she knows it. Yeah, yeah, she'll love it. She'll fit in. <laughs> um yeah and so i guess you don't were you guys really weren't able to practice oa uh or do anything related to x3 because of lockdowns and travel restriction huh yeah so um we were going to get together obviously well we wanted to get together before the october 14th but now we're into november and (laughs) it's obviously all the restrictions and everything um which has put a bit of a damper on it but at least now we have a date so february um is the new date so hopefully hopefully things are all good by then um we did have quite a few 3x3 tournaments um the seven stars um before obviously all this um lockdown and everything happened um I was lucky enough to be on a team with Kaysen, Sean and Amanda where we won and I actually got a ball like a 3x3 ball so that's probably one of the only things keeping me sane through this lockdown. The fact that I actually have a ball and I can go down and try and find one that's not occupied, a hoop that's not occupied around, just drive around Auckland looking. But, yeah, it's kind of good um, having at least something. But, yeah, it does suck, but it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I'd say I think – the rankings came out from the seven stars invitation and you're you're number three or something like that. So props to you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Three, three points. (laughs) How did you find that seven stars uh, invitational? Because it's great to see basketball in New Zealand. And, you know, I think the country as a whole getting going deeper into that three space. Yeah. Um, Obviously with Justine Reid, you know, also being a force behind it, but I think there's just a lot of interest there and it seems like it's catching on. Um, Yeah. Just what do you 
I guess, yeah, what are, what's your experience been with it and what do you like about it? I think, um, so obviously 3X3 wasn't something um, that I was involved in a lot growing up. And even in later years, I'd never really, I'd seen it becoming a thing, but I'd never really um, played. But it's awesome. Like, it's just such a different style of play. You have to be fit, um, which I can be fit sometimes, but I wasn't particularly fit last time. So you quite you die quite a lot if you're not that fit. But um, yeah, I think if you're fit, um, shooting threes is really big. Um, and I love shooting threes, so that's that's kind of two things checked off. And then yeah, just hustling and um, going for the ball. It's just a very quick paced game. And what I've found with it is it can change a lot. So like you might think you're down, but it would be it can be so quick to get back in, you know. So it's kind of one of those things where until the until you reach 21 or the shot clock runs down, then you're always going to be in the game, you know, because it's just yeah. quite fast and um, yeah, you can just keep going and a few threes and you're back in. So yeah, it's very fun. Like I find it a lot of fun. Um, the seven stars one we had, it was just around the corner from where I live. But um, yeah, just seeing all those girls and I've obviously been away from New Zealand a lot so I didn't know a lot of the ones coming through um but then I do see some of the girls that I used to play with but yeah it's just cool seeing how many girls are coming through and just the talent is just like unreal all through New Zealand like that's come through so yeah yeah absolutely um and you mentioned you know playing with you know Sean Robati and Amanda Mm -hmm. Webb have also been your teammates on the Auckland Dream, uh, and saying that's also, you know, you guys had have had some really good success there. Um, yeah, it's, how's that? And it seems like the team dynamic uh, that they foster, and uh, obviously, you know, you played for Egg before. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had some experience in different areas with, different, with some of those teammates, but um, yeah, how? So I was, you know, unfortunately, you guys were it was canned uh, two games in. But how was it for you, and how was the season going? I mean, yeah, it's really, it really sucks that it was cut so short because I felt like, um, especially after the year before, we really were, you know, kind of in it more this year and really like pushing towards um, getting the results that we want. But it's just like playing with that many, because there's so many talented girls on that roster, um, getting to go to battle with them is like, pretty awesome um just some of the trainings we have the competition is just it's it's fun it's exciting to watch and putting it out on the court I mean in those last well we only had what three games but yeah there were sparks in there where you know we were just looking pretty pretty good so it really does suck that it was cut so short but hopefully next year we can we can turn the page and get back out there yeah, and going back to again, like the roster, and I guess the depth that you guys had, and it, I, you know, I think inter- everybody was trying to, and I think they all, every team had a good, good number of players. Um, you know, they have done, have played a lot before, or had a lot of potential. Um, it seems like the Dream has always done a good job of developing them, um, and then giving them opportunities because, you know, you see Savannah Cook who just signed on a college scholarship, uh, Sharn, who's doing some amazing things, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. 
Yeah, How I think. Oh, oh go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying, um, Bevan Murray, the general manager, he really, yeah, he's got such a passion for the program and really does a lot for a lot of the girls coming through and um, bringing the talent in too when it's needed, like to fill some gaps. But, yeah, he, he really, you can see, I mean, we – yeah, I don't think we realise how lucky we are to have someone like him that, you know, cares so much about the game and really wants, you know, um, the women's game to be out there and really getting the recognition it deserves. Yeah. Uh, Zen, you've had the chance to get, like you said before, talk to some of the up-and-comers and the ones who are coming over to college. Um, so you've seen – and you've done see it now more and more girls come through. Um have there been any in particular that have impressed you or that you've enjoyed playing with? Aside from the obvious, um, <laughs> well, we, we, we know Charlize um, is amazing. Yeah. So I didn't really see her growing up. I think she was just a bit too young for when I was coming through. But obviously her mum, she probably played, played more against her um, back when I was younger, and then um, Charlize, she's just, it's just crazy because you see her and you just think, okay, you know, this isn't going to be too bad, and then you play in the game like that Waikato game that we have, she was just, you just can't stop her, like, and you, you don't expect it, but, yeah, she just, she, there's just something about her. She's definitely very special, um, and then, like, Taylor, Taylor Dalton, just very competitive, um, such a competitor. Emmy Shearer, she's very um, athletic. Um, and then obviously you've got the young dream ones like Savannah and Lily coming through. Um, just really, it's really heartening to see how much they love the game. Um, and then I can't forget to mention Maya Jones. So shout out to Nelson. Um Maya is going to be something special. I mean, when I was coaching her, she was year nine and she was already, you know, at a pretty high level. So, yeah, she's just growing and, um, yeah, really excited to see what she does coming out of Nelson. Yeah, yeah so she's been on, been unreal. And I was talking to another uh, Lele from Wellington and she had, in our chat, she was always mentioning, uh, you know, Maya and, you know, just and how I think those are the only two secondary school girls who are selected in the threat three draft, um, which was which is cool to say. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be awesome for them um, to play at that level against some of those older girls too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, bringing it full circle, you've seen the game grow a lot. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on its growth now um, and over time? I think um, it's going, I mean, it's obviously grown a lot. I feel like just keeping up that exposure for the women's game, um, obviously the NBL, having the women's NBL is very um, helpful in those younger players coming through, having some something to aspire to and someone to look up to. Um, I also think... In Australia, it's pretty close to us too, and there's a lot of girls playing over there, and that's also something that can give girls motivation. Um, I know a lot of people want to go to the States, but 
it's not the only option. You know, some for some people it's just it just doesn't work or, you know, it's they just can't be that far away from home, which, I mean, family is very important and, you know, everyone's different. Um, but there are other options, obviously, in Australia. And then I think with the NZMBL, um, hopefully girls can see it as, an option too if they you know if they really want to study in New Zealand they can still keep playing basketball and play at a high level because there are um people that I mean Lauren Hippolyte another one from Nelson um <laughs> who did go over to the States but yeah Nelson, Sparks for Life uh, did go over to the States but now she, you know she was back studying here and she was on the Torfin. so you know there are um it's not all just one path for everyone so yeah I think if the, you know, girls' game can just continue to grow, um, obviously COVID restrictions and everything doesn't help, but um, we'll get through it. And, yeah, I think basketball will always be here. So, yeah, if people just get as much exposure as they can get, then, yeah, it should be smooth sailing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think now we're starting to see a lot of um, – there's more attention towards uh, something that you mentioned was – you know, you don't have the other options that you don't have to just go to the U.S. if you want to mm-hmm. keep playing. So, you know, there was that drop off of, well, okay, after high school, they're not going to the States, maybe not Australia. So what are they going to do? But um, I was actually going to shout out Lauren. Um, so you're a step ahead of me there. Um, because yeah. she, uh, just we'll see what she's done with Lincoln. Um, and, yeah. Um, uh, you know, some potential stuff with the Melbourne Boomers uh, in the pipeline mm-hmm. and, you know, she was, she did, you know, debuted with, uh, and the tall friends in Jordan. So, mm-hmm. you know, you I think she's a really good example. And just, and I think Rosalia Samia too, and just having that university level. Um, so you have that ability to, yeah. And, you know, keep up the level of the game, um, mm-hmm. you know, but there are different options and, you know, not everybody wants to in, you know, you may not want to go over and play at a higher level, you know, silly, mm-hmm environment like the u.s and so to have that and to let people especially girls know um that you can aspire to so you know other other things than just that is really important i think yeah and i think it's also um i mean i stopped playing for a couple years and you know it's it doesn't have to be over you know you can even if you're not going to be at the tall ferns or you know you can still play and enjoy it and play at a high level um even if you have some time off, it almost makes it stronger for when you come back, you know. And yeah. if you've played for, what, 20 years, you're not going to lose it. Like, it doesn't just go away. <laughs> you're still going to, yeah, muscle memory, and then it doesn't take too long to get back into it. So, yeah, I think um, the more girls we can have playing, even if it's at any level, I think it will help the game, um, just getting leagues and things up and running. and Yeah, yeah for the love the of the game. Yeah. Um, especially and to have people like you and everybody else out there, you know, who are giving people, young girls, something to aspire to um, and really no matter what level, you know, and that, and that's a really cool message. And thank you for sharing that. So one last question before we're going to do a couple rapid fire. Uh, so what are some of your, what are some of your goals and, you know, moving forward um, both in and out of basketball and when you're, ultimately done playing what impact do you hope to have 
Um, oh, that's a hard one. Um, so short term, I guess, is having the three X three happen and being able to, you know, bring the sparks back. Um, hopefully, getting into that top five. So to go to the classic, um, that would be pretty awesome with the Nelson crew. Um, outside of basketball, just getting through, getting through lockdown. <laughs> Just keeping it lighthearted, but yeah, just just making it through, um, staying positive, um, and then yeah, long term, I think um, giving back to the game. So whether it's coaching, um, I don't know if I've got kids coming in the pipeline, but if I do, I would love to, you know, coach them like how I was coached by my mum, um, and yeah, I think that's that one. <laughs> Perfect. So we're going to do a couple of rapid fire, just kind of keep it loose. Um, so go-to hobby outside of basketball. Go-to hobby. Um, if you could call it a hobby, traveling. Um, yeah, traveling is a big one. They, I see you've done a little bit of traveling yourself. Where has been, what's the best place you've been? Uh, so yeah. 10 months through South and Central America. I think one of the best places um, we went and watched a volcano erupting in Guatemala, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't think they still erupted like that, but, yeah, it was going. That so. timed or just happened um, by chance? Or? No, it was during our trip, so it was like a little um, a little hike you did um, yeah. and stayed up, slept up on the mountain, and then Vulcan Akatanango, I think it was called, um, you watched it erupt so yeah or fuego one of them we were on one of the volcanoes but it was dormant and then we were watching another one i can't remember which one was which but yeah that was one of the highlights and machu picchu was pretty cool too on peru double bucket yeah. list right there right that's awesome yeah <laughs> uh go to snack go to snack i would say um cottage cheese and avocado on crust <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sounds good to me. Yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> and lastly, favorite basketball player. Favorite basketball player. My mum. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get in the good books. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on um, and sharing a little bit of your story. I do apologize for the shaky star mispronouncing your name. <laughs> No, you're good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. Everyone who will read it will think it's, um, you know, pronounced like that. So, <laughs> hey, appreciate you and just appreciate everything that you do for the game, um, just in all Thank aspects. You. And yeah, it's just really great to see, uh, you know, the community have an advocate and ambassador like yourself um, and doing all that you've done. Thank and you so much. Yeah, it's been so, great. Thanks for inviting me on. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. This has been awesome. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you guys get out of lockdown soonish. Fingers um, crossed. And we'll be looking for you and sports for life. Awesome. Sparks for life. Thank you. <laughs>